You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and the interview subject I've got coming up for you is a bloke that I have been looking forward to talking to for a very long time, it must be said. It is Tony Campos. Now, he's the bass player in Static X, but he's also been the bass player in Fear Factory, Ministry, Soulfly, Prong, and a heap of other bands. This is a guy that any bass guitarist out there that plans to become a working musician should emulate. You hear me talk about all of that through the podcast interview. The reason for the conversation, though, so the reason for the opportunity to chat to Tony is because he is touring Australia with Static X in August. And I'll read out some dates. All of these shows also feature Wednesday 13 and Dope. The 22nd, they're playing in Brisbane. The 23rd, they're playing in Melbourne. The 24th, they're playing in Sydney. The 26th, in Adelaide. And then Perth on the 27th, you've got a show. So all of those shows in August 2019. Let's have a listen to what Tony has to say. Really enjoyed this chat. Here we go. Hey, Tony, it's Andy McKay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going? Hey, going good, man. Mate, it's really, it's really good to talk to you, and I'll tell you why. I'm a bass guitarist, and I've been playing bass for... Uh, I don't think as long as you have been, but about 25 years or so, close to 30 years, it must be said. Now, through that time, I don't think I, ca- I can't think of anybody else who has been more flexible and who has committed themselves to more situations to be more versatile and really just put themselves out there to get work than what you have across so many of the bands that, you, that, that you've been in and that you've been a part of. So I really got to offer you that congratulations up front first. Well, thanks, man. Uh... I just, you know, I've just been really lucky. <laughs> I've, you know, I've I've been fortunate enough to, you know, most of the gigs I've I've got uh, have been with bands and people I would have chopped my left nut off to play with. You know, so mm. uh, it, it just, uh, you know, just the, that aspect of it alone. You know, I'm just yeah. like it, it's a it's a you know like a fanboy's dream come true. You know. Yeah, I mean, you must, the thing, I, of course, I don't know you personally, we've only just met in inverted commas right now, mate, but it must be really easy to get along with and you must really understand the business side of things because, you know, your your resume reads as a who's who in terms of who you've played with of important rock and metal artists of the last 25 odd years or so. You've played with just about everybody and you've been prominent in those bands as well. So it's you. You really are. I think I, I talk to a lot of younger musicians. Just meeting them when I'm out and about, just talking to people. I was at a party on Saturday night, for example, a fiftieth, and there was a young fella there, an eighteen-year-old there, and it's people like you that I've got in mind whenever anybody asks me questions. Like, of course, cause I, I didn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, living in Australia is pretty. It's pretty tough for us to become a working musician on an international basis, like what what you are. But but the other point is, you've also got to when you get the opportunities, make the most of them. And you've always been able to do that and been. And obviously, people have been able to, you know, tolerate you <laughs> being around, being on tour buses, yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. Because that's really eighty percent of it, isn't it? Being a personality that people yeah, can mesh abs- with. Absolutely, man. Like that's a big part of, you know, uh, uh, like uh, being able to the work. You know, when you're out on tour with people. Uh, it's uh, like you, you're living with these people for in a, basically in a, in a rolling tube, Hmm. (laughs) you know, five, six weeks at a time, you know? So like, if if you can't get along with people, you're not gonna, 
get a whole lot of work, you know, no matter how good you are. Hmm. You know, you, I, you know, I could be Billy Sheehan or uh, Steve DiGiorgio or, uh, you know, Cliff Burton, you know, but uh, if I'm going to be, if I'm going out there and being a dick to people, nobody's going to want to work with you, you know? Hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that's, again, that's another thing I really like about you is you've done it without needing to be a Billy Sheehan or a Steve DiGiorgio, you know, in terms of you've provided a very solid groove, a very solid background. You can sing really well. You're a very well-rounded musician, but you haven't, you, you've gotten all of this work and you've kept in the business, not by being flashy, but by being consistent. And a lot of these kids these days, as you well know, you see these YouTube videos and they're shredding on the bass like Ingwe does on the guitar. But I often think to myself, like when I'm looking at these videos, like that's that stuff's fine and that stuff's fine if you really want to show off for the purposes of a YouTube video. But that's your 15 minutes of fame right there. If you want to become a working musician, the guys you need to emulate are the... It's Tony Campos. It's you, mate. It's guys like you that you need to emulate in order to really understand if you want to have a career. Like, And, I'm, and the key word here is career in the music industry. It's guys like yourself and Blasco. Blasco's another one, similar to you. Yeah. Um, it's you two, man. It's you two that you've got to look at. And I know you, do, you, you both do a lot away from the instrument as well. So it's that 360-degree view that you've really got to take if you're a bass guitarist. Yeah, um, like like all the the flashy stuff. That's all well and good, you know. But uh, if uh, you can't hold down a groove, you can't lock in with your drummer, then you're not really of use to a band. You know? mm, I mean, if yeah. you want to be a solo artist uh, like Victor Wooten or somebody like that, then you know, solo all you want. But if you want to work with the with a band, uh, you gotta you know you gotta you know, really do the basics, mm-hmm. you know, no pun intended, um, yeah. and hold down a groove and uh, lock in with your drummer and, you know, just have the solid fundamentals, you know, and, um, and, and the important thing is, you know, when you do get those opportunities, you, you got to make sure you're prepared, um, you know, well mm-hmm. rehearsed and, you know, get you have your chops up. And so when you do get those opportunities, you take full advantage of them. So, a lot, mate, a lot of people have gotten caught up in a lot of the, the fun side of the music industry, drugs, alcohol, all that sort of stuff. You've, you've been in it a long time, man, and to your point, man, you, you have worked very hard and you've always been ready. What's kept you focused when so many have gone by the wayside? Uh, I just love what I do, man. Uh, it's, uh, I wake up every day. You know, I still have those moments out on tour, you know, where, like, I, you know, I'm in my bunk. It, you know, at the end of the day or in the morning and, you know, I'm just like, man, I'm still out here doing this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I love it. Man. I, I, this is my dream job, you know? So when you were like a 16 year old young fella there in Los Angeles, did you have any inkling or any thought that you'd end up playing with, with you know, you're, you're a foundation member of Static X, but you've been an integral member of Soulfly Prong. I mean, Prong is one of my favourite all-time bands right there in Ministry. Oh, yeah. You know, Asino. Yeah. Um, you know, you've done it. You've done so much, man. And But did you think that it was going to work out like that or did you just sort of hope something good would happen? You know, this was the last thing I thought I would ever do. Uh, playing music professionally is the furthest thing from my mind. I was going to school, 
I was actually a computer science major in college. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I went to college for three years, three and a half years and my financial aid ran out. So I had to drop out, uh, work full time for about a year or so. Then, uh, applied at a trade school, uh, to learn drafting. It was a two year program. And at the end of my first year, the school decided to cancel my program. So I was like, man, you know, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do with my life? And and around that time was when uh, static started getting interest from management and, uh, and labels. And so I was like, well, let's see where this goes. Mm. (laughs) And, And, you know, 20 years later, here I am still playing music for a living, you know? Hmm. Well, here you are indeed. Yeah, here you are indeed. And, and is there any, of course, you, you work with Static X, so you're very well known for that. But but the other bands that you've been into, what's been the highlight elsewhere? Can you single out any one episode or any one project that you've been a part of with so many of the great artists that you've worked with that you're really proud of and that you really look back with a fond memory on? Uh, like, uh, a lot of it, you know, is, like I said, it's like those dream fanboy moments. I mean, the two bands static X ripped off the most were ministry and prong. And I get to play in both those <laughs> bands. <you know? laughs> um, cool. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, if I had to pick one, uh, I guess it would have to be uh, playing with ministry in 2008 uh, for the, at the time it was the, the CU late tour. Uh, I was supposed to retire. And so I was, right. uh, uh, you know, I was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the ministry's last bass player. So I was like, man, that's like, you know, whoever thought that would happen. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, uh, so, I, and I remember coming home after that was all said and done. And uh, we, we'd done like eight weeks in Europe and then, uh, you know, had that long ass flight home. And I just, as soon as I got home, I went to bed. And then when I woke up, I was like, man, did that just happen? I just, I just toured with ministry. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I can I can just tell how much you appreciate it too. You know, like for you, this is something that you've, you've, you're in a real position of grace and appreciation for this wonderful opportunity you've got. And, you know, and, and you're smart too. You talk about being a computer science major and then going into drafting, man. You, I knew you weren't a dummy. That was pretty clear, but you're obviously very intelligent. You know, so. well, I have my moment. <laughs> Yeah, it's have uh, my moment for sure. Yeah, hey, I do, I do a lot of writing about the band Morbid Angel. Actually, I'm I'm on the precipice and of uh, I'm talking to if you can believe it, Trey's mother about interviewing her. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So wow. and I've written some. So and I'm, and I'm eventually I'm, I want to help. Like I'm going to approach Trey and his management. I want to help him ghostwrite his autobiography. Um, oh wow! Cool. So you were, but you were on that extreme steel tour back in the day, and I know you had some issues. So you you weren't playing bass; you were singing. I'm led to believe on Wikipedia here. But uh, what are you, what are your memories about working with Morbid Angel then? Because I know you weren't in the band; you were one of the bands on the bill with Pantera and and Morbid Angel. But um, that was probably the first time they played in front of really big audiences and in arenas and the like. Can you? What are your recollections of them when they were on that tour? Oh, that was really cool, you know, big Morbid Angel fan. I mean, that that tour still is like probably the, the you know, definitely up in the top five of, of tours I've done, you know, getting to, 
getting to see three of my favorite bands every night for a month and a half you know, was just uh, uh, awesome. And uh, what was really cool, uh, I, even though I, I had a broken collarbone for the first three weeks of it, mm. uh, every every night uh, me and Phil uh, would sit on the side of the stage and watch Morbid Angel because he, he's a huge yeah, uh, Morbid Angel fan, mm-hmm. and I think that he's the reason why they got him on the bill. Uh, so just to, to get to watch Morbid Angel and hang out with Phil, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, yes. Yeah, I remember when, when I first met those guys uh, there at the tour, and uh, they actually know some buddies of mine from high school, the, the guys that got me into uh, death metal and, you know, uh, like uh, grindcore and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the guys Rick and Bay Cortez from Sadistic Intent, and so when uh, I guess they'd seen a, a photo shoot I'd done where I was wearing a Sadistic Intent T-shirt, and I think it was Eric Rutan that nice. uh, mm. first uh, came up to me and said, "What's up?" And he's like, "Oh, hey man, I, I, what's up, man? I, uh, I I saw you in a photo shoot wearing a Sadistic Intent T-shirt." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, those old buddies of mine, you know." And we just kind of hit it off from there. And uh, didn't really speak to Trey too much. He's kind of a quiet guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, got got to hang out with uh, Jared, uh, who was singing for them at the That's time. That's right, Jared Anderson, uh, R.I.P., yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Uh, he was cool. He's a really cool dude. Um, and uh, and uh, Pete uh, hung out with him briefly. Uh, I think I maybe smoke some weed with him. <laughs> He's a lovely guy, man. I've, I've had a, an hour-long conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've run into him years later now that he, he's, uh, he's sober, you know, and, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, like the change is pretty, pretty remarkable. Pretty profound, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I think, look, I don't think a lot of extreme metal fans know how to take him these days because, of course, he's newfound faith in Christ and, he, but he is to me. He is the alpha and the omega of extreme metal drumming. He is just magnificent. Oh, absolutely! You know, just the the stuff he did on Terrorizer on that first Terrorizer record alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not to mention the rest of the Morbid Angel catalog and the new. Thing. Yeah, yeah, not not even mentioning Morbid <laughs> Angel. Just the stuff he did on that Terrorizer record is yeah, like, Jesus. Yeah, it's incredible, man. There's there's so many, but that's the thing with you, man. And it's and, and if it's cool with you, man, I'll release this as part of my podcast series, this conversation, because I think people need to know, man, that if you've got if you're a young musician and you're putting yourself out there and you want to work with the best in the business, okay. So first and foremost, yeah, you probably got to start off by being fairly intelligent, like what you are. But then you got to apply yourself and stay away from the drink and the drugs and all of the rest of the temptations that are out there because they're not real; they're just an illusion. The music is the only thing that's real, and so you've got to build your your attitude up around performing and recording and just sort of being a decent dude to hang around with on tour buses and on aeroplanes and in bloody airport lounges and all of the bullshit that really take up most of the time. Most of the time, it's it's really you're traveling. You're really a professional traveler at this point, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the the downside of of this business is just all the traveling and you know all all the minutia of getting from one town to another, getting from one part of the world to another. Uh, you know, that's the stuff that that that's for me. That's the work part of this. Mm. Yep. You know, once you get once you get on stage, and and then then that's the fun part. That's what makes it all worth it to me, 
is just, you know, that half hour, hour, whatever, however long uh, I get to be on stage and, and play music. That's what makes the rest of the day worth it for me. Mm, yep, indeed. Mate, I think that's it. Have I got time for one more question or uh, have you got to jet off to the next one? Uh, I think I got a little more time, yeah. Okay. Has there ever been an artist that, and, and you know, don't don't share it if it's too controversial or what have you, but that has approached you to tour with them or work with them and you've knocked back? Because I imagine that they they would have uh, been. Uh, no, uh, can you repeat the question? Though? Has there been an artist or a musician that has approached you to work with them and you said no thanks, like not not for me, that sort of thing? Because you've as, oh yeah, because you've worked uh, with so many greats. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't think so. Uh, if I've had to turn down a gig. Uh, it was mainly due to scheduling uh, conflicts, like um, ministries leaving for Europe next week. I think I, I just hung out with Al last night. Oh, cool! Um, He's an awesome dude too. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I had a chat yeah, to. Oh, I love that. I had a chat to yeah, him. Al, and... Al's like Al's like the demented grandfather I never had. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you know the, the guy's done so much. Mm. He, and uh, it, like when from day one, you know, when I started hanging out with him, and you know, you get him going, and he starts telling stories about the old days, and and you, you kind of feel like you know you're you're sitting there with, with your grandfather, and he's just like, you know, telling you stories of the old days and how things were, you know, just throwing all this knowledge on you, you know, and, and mm. that's that's how I feel when when Al starts telling these stories, you know, it's just like. You just sit there all quiet and like listen to them, you know, give, give you words of knowledge, you know, yeah. and and all all the craziness that that he did, you know, an eighth of the stuff he did would have killed me. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, I think I would have been dead very quickly, me mate. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he's. I'm so glad he's yeah. still with us, but it's. I don't know how he survived, man. Yeah, no, I don't know how he. Uh, one year, um, I think it was it was the year after Wayne had died. Uh, he invited uh, a bunch of us over to his house to, for Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, and you know he had a he had a picture he, he has uh, pictures of uh, Mike Scotia, uh, Paul Raven, oh, yes. uh, a couple other people who had also recently passed away, and you know we were just talking about all the friends we'd lost, and I turned to him and I was like, you know what, dude. It, you're going to fucking outlive us all, man. Mark my words. You will outlive us all. <laughs> that guy, he's like indestructible, man. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, I know. It's like, uh, you know, that old saying about we, we, we've got to start thinking about the world that we want to leave for Keith Richards and Lemmy. Remember that used to be a saying going around? Yeah. You know, well, I <laughs> yeah, think we need right. to, now that Lemmy's gone, I think we should put Al in that mix. So we've got to start thinking about yeah. the world we're going to leave for Keith and for Al. <laughs> you know? Right. You know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Mate, I'd better let you go to the next one. It's, look, it's, these things are over far too quickly, man. I just love talking to the musicians like yourself, man, and um, getting the good oil on what your thoughts are on everything. But, you know, I've already said it, man, but you, I think you're a legend of the music industry and you are the one guy, bass guitarist, that I keep putting forward to people who say, who should I emulate, who should I look at? And I say, it's the great Tony Campos. Get online, discover <laughs> the way he's done things and, you know, you're coming down to Australia, man, so I just hope we can catch up and I can shake, you, shake your hand and potentially have a beer with you. Yeah, I'm always down for that, man. <laughs> cool, mate. All right, well, good luck with everything, eh? 
All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. No worries, mate. Okay. See ya. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that guest, that interview subject, was Tony Campos, the great Tony Campos from Static X and a heap of other bands. Thanks so much for listening.